Hey, hey, hey. It is Rebecca Conran here on the New Story Podcast with this week's energy report. Coming to you for the week of December 21st to 27th. Um, I was just realizing that I might not know how to pronounce a word that I've typed. <laughs> I like to write an outline for my uh, reports because I also send it as a newsletter. Um, and it helps me to remind, to remind me, um, like what I'm going to talk about, but also sometimes I write down words and I don't know how to say them, but I'm going to give it a go this week. The theme I've chosen is I choose calmness and equanimity and, um, what equanimity means is also calmness. It means composure and evenness of temper especially in a difficult situation. Um, so we are looking at life in more of an impartial way this week, uh, as best we can. It can be really hard to do that. Um, this is a week where we need to choose to um, really access a sense of center and calmness inside of us. The tarot card this week, uh, it was pretty wild. Three cards popped up. It was the death card assisted by the knight of wands and the moon. So the death tarot is symbolic uh, of transformation. Um, the knight of wands tells us that we're on a mission currently, an intense push of spirit in motion. And the moon tarot speaks to healing our ancestral roots and karma via our sensory mode of feeling and our feminine energy. So you know, we're really letting things transform. We're feeling through it. And this may be more than just uh, you and I. It may be our entire genetic history, the world's history that we're feeling. We're a part of that. You know, we come from uh, our, we come from that past. And here we are, maybe we're feeling um, deeply, not only on behalf of our own healing, but on behalf of uh the collective's healing, something that we are deeply connected to. Um, it's time for us to actively choose to put the past in the past and end what needs to be ended. So eliminating those old attitudes, choosing to speak to yourself in different words, relinquishing that old painful story of yourself. You know, what's the mind on repeat about? Is it like, I won't do this. I can't do this. You know, if that's what you're constantly saying to yourself, you know, only you can be the one who says, why am I saying this to myself? What else could I say instead of this? Why am I choosing to repeat this over and over again? And just because you're repeating it doesn't make it true or a fact about you. You know, so we need to really be aware that it's up to us to end what needs to be ended. It's up to us to choose different words to speak to ourselves. That's all on you and I. Um, feel those feelings as you release your addictions to old worn out ways. And yeah, you could be addicted to just talking shit to yourself for sure. So as we release those addictions, as we struggle with them, 
we're going to feel upset. It's going to, it's hard. It's not easy. Um, so we're feeling that intensity without necessarily needing to do anything about it. We're just letting those feelings wash through us in a sensory manner, crying those tears. You know, sometimes you might have to really stomp it out, beat up a pillow. Maybe you angry, write it out. You know, it's up to you how you express, but like letting that be not being afraid to feel on a really deep level. They're letting go of worn out ways that keep us small and stifled. You know, we have to go deeper as a society. So we're really being called to let go of the superficial. You can try a new way. You can do it. And you do have the patience to get where you need to go. I've seen so many clients in my day in the last, you know, nine years. Um, they don't necessarily feel a change going on when they're in it. But then down the line, lo and behold, oh, yeah, some time has passed. Oh, wait, I am doing things differently. I am experiencing things differently. I am harnessing this. So know that, you know, even if you're not seeing the results immediately, you are making these changes. It just takes a little bit of effort regularly. And, you know, I think this week is really all about what kind of effort we're willing to put in. Um, this week, the major thing I'm going to talk about is Jupiter conjunct Saturn, both in Aquarius. So on Monday, the 21st uh, of December, we've got winter solstice. The sun is entering Capricorn, and then we've got this grand conjunction, this new era. And again, I have been speaking about it for the last few weeks uh, I would really recommend re-listening to the old reports or reading them um, if you want to get caught up on some of the other ideas that I've been uh, expressing. So I want to talk about Uranus, which is the natural ruler of Aquarius. And this week it kind of pops up quite a bit. So this is a deeply intuitive consciousness, Uranus is. And it's known in astrology as the Great Awakener. And its energy... Its consciousness helps liberate us from any old density that no longer fits in our evolutionary process. It's like, oh, that's like an old way of doing things. We're going to level up and really revolutionize this. We're going to be more efficient. We are going to do things in a better, more useful way. Uranus spends about seven years in each sign, and it's currently making its way through the lessons of Taurus. So it's teaching us to revolutionize the way that we take care of the earth, humanity, and our resources. Or at the very least, you know, it's alerting us to the necessary actions to do so. Obviously, you know, we're not making major strides in helping the earth or helping humanity necessarily, but we have definitely seen that this needs to happen. And maybe we're doing it on an individual level right now, um, or at least changing our belief systems about it and our value systems. So um, Uranus is in its fall in Taurus. And what this means is the energy is much harder to be expressed. So Taurus is like really stubborn and that's great if you want a lot of patience and you want a lot of um, fixed energy. Um, Uranus isn't like that. It's quick. You know, it's like boom, boom, boom. Let's get this shit on the road. Um, it's more um, 
It's more airy, the energy, you know, and less earthy. So it's going to have a hard time with the density of the energy of Taurus. And this is the only major planet that is also currently still retrograding. So this influx of Aquarian energy that we're com that's coming in with Jupiter's entry into Aquarius and Saturn's entry into Aquarius, um, this is really a push that we've been missing so that we can really transform the current density where, where our awakener has been dragging ass the last, you know, long time. Now we've got this impetus to actually make these changes, which is great for us who have really been wanting to see social change. We've been changing our ideas. Now we need to see some fucking shit put in motion. You know, like we need to see some people rising up as a whole collective over not having our needs met, you know, over not having the money we need and the care we need. So, um, this Aquarian energy, it's really a good push to transform the current density. And this is going to be incredibly amplified come February 2021 when we have seven planets moving through Aquarius. Okay, so February 2021 is going to be... Um, Really, uh, it's going to highlight a lot of these shifts, a lot of these changes. There's much more to be seen in terms of our generation's renaissance and revolution. So some fun facts about Uranus. And again, I'm speaking to Uranus because Uranus is the ruler of Aquarius and it helps us to understand the energy of Aquarius. So some fun facts about Uranus. Uranus is known to science as the sideways planet because it rotates on its side. So this is another testament to Uranus and Aquarius doing things its own unique way and it living perfectly well in the solar system as the only planet that rotates on its fucking side. And it's not, it's weird, but it's also part of the harmony of the entire solar system that it's doing that. Um, so it was also the first planet that was found using a telescope. So that really matches the consciousness of ingenuity and technology that it embraces. Um, Uranus also rules electricity, science, invention, rebellion, revo revolution, and eccentricity. And it helps us to harness this being human by connecting us to our responsibilities to one another or our humanitarianism, while making sure, though, that we maintain our own weird and wonderful selves. This is also an energy that really looks to the future. But we have to understand that the future looks a lot like today, depending on the path that we're on. So we must change to change the future. So when Sir Isaac Newton was figuring out the laws of gravity, he couldn't account for this orbit of Uranus. And because of this intense study, he actually discovered Neptune. So in astrological terms, that means that the study of this revolutionary consciousness, or Uranus, actually pointed us in the direction of our karmic and collective debris, but ultimately the path of oneness or Neptune. So even just the study of this great awakener, it actually pointed us in the direction of what we needed to do next, right? How to awaken is to help the ego to destruct in many ways. The human ego needs to destruct in its density so that it can evolve. You know, it has to break through um, so that it can 
break open and and evolve into new ideas, new paths, new ways of doing things. And that ultimately is what we need for survival of creation, right? Creation has to evolve. Otherwise, it won't survive because things are constantly changing and we have to be able to adapt to that. And where we get stuck and where we get into, quote unquote, danger is when we are not adapting. We are not changing. And then that puts us in a a really um, precarious position because we're then not um, moving with the times. You know, we're not moving in flow. We're not moving in a cohesive way with the universe. So... Back to this great conjunction on this day, Monday, the 21st, we've got Saturn and Jupiter, both recently into Aquarius, meeting at the zero degree of potential of Aquarius. So we've already begun to see this great conjunction in action, I I believe. I believe the current revelation that there's been a massive technology hack, as well as limitations in the online porn industry and a crackdown on information posted on social media. That's just in America. I think all of that speaks to restrictions being imposed by this energy. So Jupiter is expansion. Saturn is limitation. And in Aquarius, we're both expanding our freedom while having limitations imposed at the same time. So as I've spoken to the last few weeks, Aquarius is about freedom, Saturn, restrictions, limitations, maturity, Jupiter expansion. And for a recap on these, please listen to my you know, former podcasts and newsletters. When Saturn first went into Aquarius earlier in the year, right? Saturn's that limitation. We started working and learning remotely from home. So were these restrictions punishment? No, they weren't. They were the necessary limitations to stop the spread of infectious disease. And now we're also seeing that that's a way that we can all work together. We don't actually have to go into an office. There is an ingenious way of working that provides people um, more freedom. And in some ways, um, you know, while limiting our freedoms, it increased other freedoms for us. So I see the the same things coming in for our Internet usage and technological capabilities in the near future. You know, as I've spoken to regularly, like over the last uh, year or so, Living smaller and quieter with less conveniences is what I've been seeing as something to really embrace. And those might be limitations. It might be a limitation that we live with less conveniences, that we don't buy stuff on Amazon and shit like that. You know, um, that's something that maybe we have to really embrace. And this may become more intensified because the spread of dangerous misinformation is so rampant that people no longer know what to trust in. And this means that as a society, we're probably going to be imposing a system of checks and balances that will feel really restrictive in the beginning. Um, This system has yet to be birthed, but I see that coming. You know, I see two sides to the porn um, issue as well. You know, on one hand, it feels really restrictive to people who are making their living from porn that are genuinely... Um, you know, uh, like it's just a method of work for them and it should be allowed. On the other hand, there is such a massive spread of abuse and um, really uh, violent imagery towards women and children um, that there does have to be some kind of checks and balances around it. 
we can no longer just have um, women being trapped, girls being trafficked, young people being sex trafficked. You know, these are dangerous things. So the rights of many people are going to be imposed upon as we figure out, well, how do we actually take care of people and also allow people their freedom? So until we figure that out, there's going to be what I think is a lot of restrictions imposed around it. Um, and it's important to see all sides of that. So again, these new systems that we need to be living by in terms of technology and communication and science, respect of science, these systems have yet to be birthed. Now is the time for the genius to rise to birth new creative potential. And, you know, that's the messy period. That's a real messy period. But the answers have never been out there. They're always within you. So the limitations that we're going to see put on technology and information in the future are really a call to learn to trust in yourself and to know that you have the answers within you. And if you can embrace being a philosopher, if you can embrace being a, a you know, science, if you can embrace spirituality and leave room for all of these things, then your own ability for critical thought and intuitive and intuitive thought will increase. So what does this great conjunction mean for us personally? Well, it depends on what we've been working to free ourselves from and where we personally need to restructure and use discipline and limitation to move forward. So I'm going to use an example. Not that I'm a proponent of, of uh, like talking about weight and shit like that, but I'm just going to use it as a hypothetical. So if you're 50 pounds heavier than you'd like to be, you can think about losing the weight all you want, but without imposing some discipline and limitation, you're probably not going to shed that weight. So you would need to increase your movement and adjust your dietary habits to reach your goals, and that would take real effort on your part. No one could do this for you either. There's no shortcuts, you know, that are healthy. You just have to put that work in a day at a time, face your limitations moment to moment. And that means if somebody offers you a big plate of french fries, perhaps you have to say no and stick to your routines for a while. So the cravings may still be there, um, but you'd have to choose your own to limit yourself in the moment. The same is true for sobriety of any kind, sexual sobriety, substances. You'd have to choose to accept and surrender to your discipline to actually re achieve results. So here's another example. You want a deep and lasting romantic relationship, but you keep dating the same kind of unavailable person or you keep doing the same thing. Maybe you meet somebody and you keep falling into the same traps of fucking them straight away. And then two you know, days later, they're, they're ghosting you again. If you keep looking in the wrong places and if you keep repeating the same patterns, if you feel like you have to do something to find and earn love, you're going to continue to meet the same resistance in your process. And there's nothing to feel bad about. This is not about feeling shameful about fucking someone on the first date or anything like that. But this is about if you have certain patterns that you don't like and you want to achieve a different result, then you will have to impose certain disciplines on yourself to be able to achieve those results. So when you free yourself from your need to, your need for approval from others through romantic relationships, when you stop 
attributing your success and value in the world to sex, to another person, to a relationship, then you'll probably stop being thrust back upon yourself. However, the discipline may be in deleting your Tinder account. And when that impulse to have someone else fix or comfort you through sex or presence, to notice those feelings and nurture yourself fully instead of choosing a quick fix and choosing to cut corners in, a, in what is actually a long process. So these are both examples of how restriction and limitation can help us to heal or meet our goals. You're always free, even if you have never known that for yourself. But in order to choose freedom now, you're going to have to relinquish all those things that tie you up in knots. You've got to do things differently. You have to impose some limitations on yourself and say no in the moment of craving. And that's not easy. It's really not easy. And I'm not trying to make out like it is. It's very hard. But only we can... Um, think outside the box for ourselves and and do what we need to do. And this is what this whole age of Aquarius is about. Thinking outside the box, um, being willing to do things that are different, having an open mind, definitely focusing um, on connecting with like minds. This is imperative right now. Our friendships are really important, really important. Aquarius is very, very connected to friendships and community um, and we need that, but we need that to be a place of healing and support and, um, and, uh, depth for us. So we are, um, you know, choosing the road less traveled, um, which is okay. And we are doing our best and we're staying open and we're just going to see what's, what's happening here. Um, but you know, being willing to impose limitations on ourselves and discipline on ourselves as a method for freedom is very important. So the sun's entry into Capricorn on this day, this is a great grounding force for right now for our collective identity, especially after the Sagittarian energy. Get in your body, get down to the basics. Use this winter time as a necessary inward period. Let yourself surrender and choose hibernation if possible. There's so much to be birthed next spring, like just a crazy amount we're going to be birthing next spring. There's so much to come. Now is the time of really quiet growth. I'm breathing so heavy. I had a mask on. I'm in my store right now. Um, it's the last weekend before I close it up for a minute. All right. So I also wanted to speak a little bit to the COVID-19 vaccines. And, you know, my friend Jess Holsworth and I, I've started to record some other podcasts, you know, where I'm having a conversation with other practitioners. And that's going to come out later on this week. And uh, we discuss just some of the like spiritual narcissism we've been seeing, some of the um, just the the weird stuff coming out of wellness these days. Um a lot of the conspiracy stuff, uh, we, you know, we are giving a little bit of discussion to that. I will say, obviously, I'm the biggest proponent of you've got to do whatever you feel is right for you. And it's nobody's business what you choose. You know, you have to choose for yourself. Ultimately, it's no one else's business. You have to live with the path that you are on. And that is 100% the way I feel. I also feel very intuitive about getting a vaccine myself. You know, I feel that when it becomes available to me, which it probably won't for what I feel like is another at least 
six months, three to six months. Um, when it becomes available to me, I'll choose which one feels best to me. Um, like between Pfizer and Moderna, I feel better about the Moderna one. I don't know why. That's just an intuitive feeling I have. It doesn't make that better for anybody else either. It's just how I feel about it. So when it comes time, um, I will feel into where I should get it done. I will feel into which one. And I will ultimately feel into whether or not it's right for me in the moment. But what I do think about vaccines is, as someone who is very, very interested in history, incredibly interested in history, and as someone who was raised in England, so I have a different connection to history than, let's say, Americans do, because I had different history. I went through different history courses. Um, I had a lot less American history, or what they call American history, which is really a bunch of fucking lies. And I had European history, which is also a bunch of fucking lies, but it's a different bunch of fucking lies. Um, anyway, my point is that history is something that I'm very, very interested in. Maybe it's the cancer in me because I like to look at the past. And I like to look at the past to get insight into the present moment of like where where we are, why, why we're where we are, and, um, and how it relates. Like how is it similar? How is it different? When you look at the history of vaccines, um, I mean, it's incredible. It's incredible how much, how many lives were lost before the vaccine and after, right? Huge difference there between before there was a polio vaccine, before there was measles, smallpox, you know, these vaccines really did save lives. They really did save lives. That's a fact. That's how, hi that's how history, that's what history can show us. It can show us the statistics from before and after. Now, that's not to say that this vaccine, I'm not, I'm not even being a proponent for this vaccine. I'm just being a proponent for informing yourself. So look at the history of vaccines, you know, and that's not to say that children today aren't being over-vaccinated. You know, that's not to say that, um, that we shouldn't look more carefully at the types of vaccines that people are getting today. But the truth is also that vaccines have helped an incredible amount of people. I was having a conversation with a friend yesterday, and they are feeling really really bummed about the vaccines because they're feeling like they don't have a choice, that they're just going to have to get it. So I asked this friend a few different questions simply to be, um, I don't even like the term devil's advocate, but simply to just ask questions to look at all sides of it. I said, have you recently had sex with anybody without a condom? And the answer was yes. I also asked about any other vaccines and they had gotten the HPV vaccine recently. And I asked if they knew what was in that and they didn't. And that's okay. You know, we take many risks all the time. And my point in this is not even to put my friend on blast. Like they could do whatever they want. Like there's nothing wrong with them living their life. They have to, they're the ones that have to answer to themselves, just like me and you and, and we're all taking risks in some way. 
The difference is, though, that when you feel it's your choice, you will take whatever risks you want. But if you feel that someone else is making you do something, then there can be the um, impetus to rebel against it. So I think when it comes to the vaccines, we have to really look at a motivation for it, like what we're really afraid of. I'm really afraid of what's in it. Well, how many times do you put yourself in the path of not knowing what's in something, you know, or not knowing what's going on with somebody when you give them your physical health, like somebody you're sleeping with? You know what I'm saying? Um, or even kissing, right? <laughs> even, even kissing in the time of COVID. Um, so I think that um, with the vaccines, I think that there's a knee-jerk reaction that we have to being told that we must do something or to, being feel to, be, uh, to feeling that we're being pressured into something. And I think that that can make us recoil. We don't, we want to, we want to choose. And so I would say to anybody that's having issues with the vaccine, it is your choice and you have to make it your choice. And you have to do so by really looking at the big picture and looking at all the sides of it, looking at the actual history of vaccines, looking at the individuals that created this vaccine. You know, I think a lot of the fears we have, um, one of the realities right now is that people who are sick and staying home are not helping greedy people to make money, okay? They're not helping the economy. And rich people need poor people to do their work for them so that they can continue to make money. So in terms of the vaccine, do I think that this is some kind of like widespread human murdering tool? No, it doesn't even make sense that that would be true. Um, it makes more sense that this is something to get everybody to go back to work so that they can continue to fill rich people's coffers. Because if we are at home and we're not working, then we are not making money. Our economy is not uh, doing well. And this is costing, you know, this is affecting rich people in the place they don't want it to affect them right? Their wallets. Even though we see billionaires getting richer, we see a lot of shifts happening, you know, um, in the world in terms of the economy. And so this is a time when I don't think that, you know, if I'm thinking about the vaccine, I don't think of it like, I, I think of it like, well, what do people have to gain from losing the population? Nothing really. Because greedy people, they want money and power. And you need poor people in order to have that. So all of these things I'm speaking to here, they're not to push you in one direction or the other. You know, because ultimately you have to feel into if it's right for you. If you have major allergies, if it feels like that is not going to be something that's going to be good for your body, for your system, then you have to really listen to that. And I think that that's going to be based on an intuitive knowing and not an emotional reaction. So if you're having an emotional reaction, it would feel very different. It, will, it won't feel just like a, I know what's right for me. It will feel like something like I'm scared. I feel really emotional. I feel really stressed. I feel really um, restless about it. It's keeping me up at night. Those are things that will tell me that it's triggering a wound and not your intuitive knowing. 
So we really need to look at that in terms of the vaccines, in terms of anything that's coming up. You know, we have to look at um, why we feel the way we do about it, you know, and really determining these things um, using our rational mind as well, using history, using science, using the facts, and not just basing it on an emotional reaction. The rest of this week is energetically alive with the sun, Mercury, and Uranus making the most transits. So the questions that we're going to be asking ourselves this week are, what's my motivation for action? Why do I act? Why do I feel like I need to act one way or another? Am I acting and choosing from a place of empowerment or from a place of fear? Does what I'm identifying as or with meet my spiritual values and needs? Am I acting in resistance to my transformation or in support of it? Do I need to embrace discipline somewhere in my life? So those are all um, questions that you could write about, write about in your journal this week. Um, ask yourself these deeper questions. Um, get really, get really, get really down with yourself, you know, We've got to be putting ourselves through the ringer in a way that we are finding the ultimate truth for ourselves moment to moment. You've got this, everybody. You've got this. Happy new era. Um, it's a wonderful time to grow. This is a wonderful time to grow and to see growth. It's difficult. You know, it's painful. We are doing the best we can. Um, we're seeing so many people who are struggling right now. It's a time to advocate for ourselves and for others. Um, it's a really important time. This is a really important time. So I want to thank all the monthly energy report supporters and patrons who help support the availability of this information in these formats. Formats. I want to thank Samantha, Rebecca, and Isla Way this week for their Venmo donations. And of course, thank you to all of those who give via Patreon. Um, sending you all so much love. I'm really excited to see what's on the other side of this. Um, I am always hopeful. And I think that that's because I don't really see a point in the other side of things. You know, I don't see a point in being pessimistic or cynical. Um, it seems like it's just as easy to be pessimistic as it is to be hopeful. They're kind of just um, two different ways of looking at the unknown, really. So I'm always hopeful. I've seen so much change in my own life. I've been able to change so much in my own life that I'm always hopeful other people can change. Of course, I think other people can. I think if I could anybody can. And this is really a time where we need to maintain that hope in ourselves and in others. You know, like, yeah, you know, a lot of times when things look the worst, um, it's hard to imagine that they could be any better. I definitely used to think that when I was like a meth addict on death's door, you know, um, could never have imagined that I'd be speaking to you from my own space upstate New York, having lived, you know, for 11 years on a path of, um, of uh, really feeling true fulfillment. I never would have even 
known that it was possible. So just because we don't know it's possible now, maintain that um, imaginative, creative impulse inside of you. Because ultimately anything is possible. And we're living in a time where each of us have the opportunity to be these, to be geniuses, really, geniuses in our own life, to be ingenious, to really think things differently, act things differently, and move into the future in, um, in a way that we could have never imagined. And that's really exciting. And I am really excited for the renaissance that is going to follow this uh, deeply introspective time of, uh, of intense suffering and harnessing our own mortality. I think, it's, I think it's an incredible time we're living in. And I'm so uh, happy to have incarnated at this time with all of you. And I will speak to you next week. Have a good week. And uh, happy holidays to everybody. <laughs>